0: today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash voices in my head that's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player that's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head give it a try today Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget... To let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. If anyone is qualified to speak intelligently about Christian music, it's today's guest. Dave Trout has been in Christian radio in some form or fashion for just over 23 years, including work at WETN FM in Wheaton, Illinois, WCFL FM in Morris, Illinois, Moody Radio, and Reframe Media. He started the Under the Radar radio show in 2008 while working at ReFrame, and in 2014 that show became its own independent nonprofit ministry under Dave's oversight. And in 2017 the organization underwent a creative relaunch and now produces a wider variety of media projects under the new name UTR Media. Besides well crafted music, Dave loves pizza, watching Netflix and Hulu. Apple products, fishing, the Cubs, and driving five mile per hour over the speed limit. He lives in Oaklawn, Illinois with his wife and five children. Dave Trout, welcome to Voices in My Head.
1: Uh, it's great to be here, Rick. Thanks for uh, having me on.
0: Well, I am so glad to have you back again, and I am such a big fan of what you are doing. And I should just tell all the listeners, and I'm going to tell you right now, uh, you are a hero to so many of us who are independent artists and who are working and uh, desperately trying to make art, and you have been such a champion uh, for so many of us, I dare I say even hundreds of artists over the years, and it is such a privilege to be able to have you on the show and talk about the new and great things that UTR Media is doing, so what an honor for me. Thank you for being here.
1: Wow, man. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that puts some wind in the sails. So I, uh, I really, really appreciate that a lot. It, it, it's, uh, it's fun to, uh, just to get to hang out and talk about music and, and yeah, let's, let's, Uh, Let's see where this goes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, certainly. Well, right at the top of the show here, I want to refer everyone to utrmedia.org because that is the new home for what used to be Under the Radar. Under the Radar was that great radio show that Dave ran for many years, and it showcased artists, and it was really, as I said before, it was a way that Dave really championed artists that people maybe had not heard of before and gave them more exposure than they had been able to get and UTR Media is now the new name for Under the Radar. And when you go to utrmedia.org, you'll see, first of all, an About, so you can click on and find a little bit more about UTR Media. But then they have podcasts, and they have five different podcasts. They have videos, they have news, and there's some contact information on there if you're interested in UTR Media. And I love it. Uh, I spent this morning while I was working out, I actually had time to listen through uh, just again to refresh my memory on some of the new shows. Uh, I listened to four of the shows total and cool. I loved them. So I want to run down real quick the podcasts that you have there uh, as of yep. now and it seems like it's continuing to grow but you have the Green Room Door, the Good yep. pa- the Good Patron, which by the way, what an awesome idea. It's a it's a podcast Uh, designed to help support independent artists and to help fans know how they can do that um there's the gourmet music podcast which is actually much closer to what the under the radar show used to be um yeah then there's release date which is a a very cool one right now because release date is is talking about your making of this rich mullins tribute album and it's fascinating to hear and then there's side note which is a new one which i don't think is actually out yet but it's coming is that correct
1: Right. Yeah. The, the first couple episodes are actually in production right now. So, um, so I think that's coming out, uh, I'm guessing the first half of next month. So, um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it all develops. But, um, uh, you, you're, you're familiar. I don't know if you've had him on the sh- on your show, but, um, you're familiar with Nick Flora. Oh, yes. And, and, uh, uh Nick is actually going to be producing and hosting that new show, Side Note.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, Nick has been on the show several times, and a uh, good, oh, good, good friend. And I'm so glad to hear that because Nick is a great podcast host himself, and uh, yeah, and he he's doing some some great music. He's doing some great shows, and he's just an all around good guy. So I'm so glad to yeah. hear that. Um, yeah, totally. Well, well, I really loved one thing that I really have have come to appreciate about you, and I think. Um, it's not just the way that you support artists but in many ways I think that you have found yourself almost in a position that artists are in because you are making an album right now and you've been in the process of uh, I mean in the past you've made albums that were released uh, through noise trade and and they've they've done pretty well with downloads but this was something new because this was about Rich Mullins, and it's not you yourself recording it, um, but it's actually you getting a lot of different artists together, and you're on a shoestring budget, but you're really good at that kind of thing, and I, <laughs> I, I, I love to hear on your podcast uh, release date just about the behind the scenes and what it's taking for you to create this new album, which is a tribute to Rich Mullins, which uh, many of us love Rich Mullins so much, but I think it's, uh, and maybe you would testify to this, it's probably giving you a unique perspective in that you're almost in the seat of what many of us artists are who go through the recording process and trying to figure out how to make ends meet and, and how to make... Um, you know, how do we best market this, and how do we pay people that we need to pay, and how do we get the studio space and things like that? So, would you say that you've kind of found yourself um, in a new appreciation for the artist in that side of things?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think that uh, I mean I, I definitely have always had a really deep respect and appreciation for for what artists endure and go through and persevere and um uh there's 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 a lot of reasons for um especially an independent artist to throw in the towel at almost every sure. turn um there's just a lot of discouragement that has to be overcome and 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 a lot of disappointment and um and so you know i i face that i face that dilemma though and those feelings now almost every day yeah not 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 even necessarily just because of the Rich Mullins project that we're working on, but, but, you know, I, I myself am running an independent nonprofit organization that's very much, you know, on a shoestring budget and and very much um, scratching and clawing and trying to trying to make a way for it to move on. So I, I, I over the last couple of years have, have really um, worn the plight of the independent artists, uh, on my heart and uh, so so my respect has only grown over the last few years
0: Wow, well and it, it's, it really is a wonderful thing to sit and listen to some of these new shows. I loved it when it was just under the radar but now I'm finding I don't have enough time to listen to everything I want to hear because there's so many good podcasts yeah. that UTR is putting out uh, and yet I travel a lot so it gives me a chance to listen when I can and I, I would say Release date. Uh, after listening to that, I would put that on par with some of the great uh, NPR type radio shows. Honestly, the production quality is that good. Your storytelling is wonderful, and the way that you're kind of linking the, you know, the whole starting of it's almost like listening to an episode of Behind the Music or something like that.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah.
0: So I I really enjoy that one, and I just I can't wait for the next episodes to come out.
1: That's really, that's really kind of, yeah, that's, that's exactly the vibe we're going for. Um, we, we, we wanted it to have kind of a more NPR type vibe and, and I've never done a podcast like that before. So, um, so it's, it's definitely, uh, kind of a new thing for me, which is, which is exciting. It also means it's, it's really the hardest thing I'm working on right now, um, and we actually, we kind of falsely released an episode um, last week. So it's coming out any time now. Um, it turns out, I think literally the day we tried to release the episode, it turns out like our, you know, SSL certification on our website expired or something like that. Oh. And so, and so, and so it wouldn't upload to, you know, Facebook. Feed burner and iTunes and Stitcher and all the places that needs to go. Um, and, and, uh, and then our web guy has been uh, at, on a business trip the last few days. So we're trying to get that fixed. And then I'm, I'm excited for you to hear uh, this, this uh, new episode of, of release date. So, so hopefully, by the time listeners are actually listening to this conversation, that will be
0: out. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. that's great. So, uh, well, thanks, I, man. Yeah, you're doing a wonderful job, and I'm so glad to not only talk about UTR Media today, but you find yourself in a unique position to talk about Christian music from the side of radio. And I think not only just because you have so much experience in it but you have developed so many relationships with so many wonderful artists through the years and people who are genuinely creative and people who are struggling not only with how am I gonna get the the money to get this next album made how do I get it promoted but how do I actually be artistic uh, while I'm doing that how do I create something that's different and and try to make it stand out in a way from what maybe is on the radio right now. Uh and you had a really great idea when we were getting ready for this show. And I'm releasing this podcast on Tuesday, October 31st at your idea by uh, by, Ooh, ta- by Halloween. Yeah, well, Halloween. <laughs> but it's also more importantly for us maybe as as uh, evangelicals, it's uh, the 500th anniversary of the start of the Protestant Reformation and uh yeah i mean i knew it was coming but then it it didn't hit me that it was the 500th one and you came up with this great idea of a discussion, Does Christian Music Need a Reformation? And you gave a few talking points, and I've added a few of my own, and I really enjoyed just thinking through some of these things that you had sent and some of these ideas. So I think what we'll do is we'll just begin talking with some of your talking points, and you can share some of your thoughts and ideas, and I'll share some of mine. So we sort of have the perspective of you coming almost from the radio side of things and from the podcasting side of things playing artist music and I'll be coming at it really more from the artist standpoint even though I also do podcasts and, and try to get some music of other people's out there too but I think we may be able to, to have a good conversation about this idea about uh, a reformation and if it is needed in Christian music so yeah yeah that the, sounds good so the first question that you uh, actually sent this way it it's, was sort of a bullet point I made it into a question Christian radio is it a good thing? And I wanted to, before we got too deep into that, let's ask this question: Is radio itself even a, a good thing anymore? Like, is it relevant anymore? What What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you if you believe the studies that are out there, um, radio is um, actually the most relevant form a uh, medium to reach people. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, at least according to the studies, they would say that, that, um, not everybody owns a television, not everybody owns a smartphone, not every, you know, but 90% of, uh, I'm not sure if it's the entire world, if it's just 90% of Americans, um, have access to a radio, hmm. uh, doesn't necessarily mean they're all listening to it every day, but, um, but more people have access to that medium than any other medium that's out there. So, so, I mean, so for, for starters, yes, it, there's some relevancy to it because, it, because uh, it's a great opportunity for communicating to masses of people. So, um, so that i radio in general, um, you know, definitely is considered old media, you know, so, mm-hmm newspapers, uh, television, um, radio, these things, magazines, those, those are, those are old media. And, and yes, most people know that this, these old media are dying. They are, they are shrinking in their reach. And, um, a lot of, you know, local newspapers have folded. A lot of magazines have gone to online only distribution, um, You know, a lot of radio stations, uh, independent radio stations have gotten sold to big conglomerates. And so so a lot of changes have happened that show signs that these old forms of media are dying. So so their relevancy going into the future is definitely something that's questionable.
0: And it's interesting to me to think about the way that even radio itself has changed because often we still have the radio stations, but it seems like through things like iHeartRadio and other media like that, uh, we're actually hearing radio on smart devices, and oftentimes we're tuning into stations even at times – where we aren't even living in the same state or even anywhere where we could get it. If we just had a car radio or something like that. So it's, it's interesting to, it'll be interesting to watch and see how that happens exactly. But we do know, we do know that Christian radio uh, is still pretty big in many ways. I think of like K love and, and uh, other stations that are similar to that. Um, and, And I'd have to go to different parts of the country to know which the big ones are. But, um, I, that would be the question where maybe uh, we should get into the idea of of sort of who's being played on the radio, and and we could almost use radio as a metaphor for many things, like because uh, the ones that we hear on the radio are generally the ones we also see on the TV. If if we have like a station that plays videos, they're the ones that we would see if you walked into a bookstore or you know like even something like Walmart. At times you might see their CDs. Those seems to even though the CD section is shrinking rapidly too, and in some places almost non-existent. Those are sort of the big artists, you know. If if, right. if they've made it on that level, they've made it, and there are very few that ever make it to that level. Uh, but there are so many who are making great art, and many would argue that those who have made it to that huge level are not necessarily. Uh, the very best ones in the industry that we have that there may be other artists who are actually doing some other things that people would really dig if they could actually find a way to hear it. So the definition of reform, I looked this up so we would note it to have this reformation conversation. To reform something is to improve or amend something that is wrong, corrupt, or unsatisfactory <laughs> okay so so of those three words wrong corrupt or unsatisfactory would we find any of those words applying to christian radio in our opinion
1: yes um i uh, i'll tell you what I, I have a i probably have a hard time calling it wrong because i do know that that Christian radio, and specifically, um, I, you know, I mean, I do have thoughts about Christian talk radio, and, and whether that's, you know, conversational or or preaching programming. Um, uh, for the sake of this conversation, I'm really, really just focusing on Christian music sure. radio. Um, and uh, I, I think that... Um, I have a hard time calling it wrong. Um, Even though some people would say it's wrong for them personally, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a wrong fit. Um, Maybe that's a little bit more of the unsatisfactory route, Hmm. but um, I would not be afraid to say the word corrupt does seem to come to mind. Hmm. um, When I think of the kind of the state of Christian radio right now. Um, uh, In fact, I was not long ago, uh, in fact, this week, listening to um, a major uh, fundraising drive on Christian radio, and I was so dis- disappointed and discouraged about um, just just how they went about it. Um, it seemed um, just seemed I don't know, just a little bit inauthentic and and, um, and, and almost like kind of using a lot of spiritual language to almost manipulate people into giving toward their organization. I, I just, I'm just not a fan of that. Sure. Um, but, but I think, I think the biggest kind of form of corruption, um, which I, boy, I hate to start on such a heavy note, but but why not? Let's dig, let's dive in. Um, I, one of the things that is a very, very discouraging trend in Christian radio. And I think a lot of people commiserate with this is the narrowing and narrowing of the format Mm -hmm. and the narrowing and narrowing of the number of artists that they play. And even, even the narrowing of the number of songs that get featured, um, it's it's become a very 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 small sandbox, um, which which very few people are invited into, um, and um, and I, I've been you know kind of following that trend and, and trying to learn about it. And, and one of the things that's really disheartening is that the vast majority, and I, and and I mean probably over eighty percent, maybe even yeah, I would say. Over eighty, maybe even over eighty-five percent of Christian music radio out there is nonprofits.
0: Hmm.
1: Um That that rings my bell because I run a boutique nonprofit. All right. So I, I I love the world of nonprofit. However, for for some reason, um, the you know most of these radio stations. Um, with very, very few exceptions, are almost almost you know handcuffed themselves to to the trends of whatever the record labels want to disseminate sure. um, even though, as nonprofits, the only people that they're really accountable to is their own board of trustees and their donor base. Hmm. literally. Christian radio could be the most vibrant and diverse landscape around because there are no, they're not shackled to those rules. They, they, they can be free to, to try new things, to play new artists, to, to, to create a very diverse landscape. Um, and, and being a nonprofit gives them that freedom because they don't have to only feature those that would bring commercial success. Um, yes, uh, because of a lot of, you know, unsavory reasons, including just, um, just following, you know, some some sort of weird testing that goes on with music, and 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 often often just kind of blindly following whatever the leader of the troop kind of says is the the right thing to do. Most Christian radio finds themselves just kind of towtailing to the the, uh, the Christian music industry, which would be like the record labels, mm-hmm. which are, by the way, all for-profit entities. And not just for-profit, they're all owned by folks. They're all owned by bigger organizations that really could care less about the faith aspect of of the the music. Mm-hmm. They simply want to make money. And they're only looking at dollars and cents and trends and sales. And so it's this weird relationship between radio and the industry, the labels that, that is very unsavory. And I would, I would say, you know, at times borderline corrupt, (laughs) Mm. at least in their, at least in the decision-making, I'm not saying that people are, are breaking laws or swindling money or things like that. Um, um, In fact, most of the people that I know inside of Christian radio are just the greatest people, just the kindest, mm-hmm. sweetest people. Um, but they have this wonderful opportunity to be doing something fresh and new and innovative, and yet they don't. they They choose the uh, they choose to sort of be submissive to to these large for-profit entities. And so that's very disheartening to me. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think you know, uh, on some level too, it's probably a scary thing to try something that hasn't worked before. In many ways, I think that's why, in some ways, podcasts uh, like yours, for instance, and and many of us who try to make a show, we're a little less bound to the system because, for many of us, it's like, well, what have we got to lose? Let's try it, you know. (laughs) And uh, and I think, in many ways, you know, radio sort of has this. Well, this is what's always worked in the past, so that's what we need to keep sticking with and and we'll try something that falls into this pattern and into this form and you know it's it's funny how just as humans i think we fall into that churches definitely fall into that mode of things we, we're just going to keep doing it the way we've always done and yet as i think about um, my my complaints you know with christian radio um i i start thinking of it in, in more theological terms in some ways too when i think about it because one of my Major complaints would be that um in the noble effort that I think Christian radio has to meet as many to reach like as many as in, I can't talk today to reach as many individuals as possible with the message of the gospel, uh which is a very noble thing um it has somehow started to work against authentic and beautiful music oftentimes, and there's an argument that could be made that it ends up packaging the message of the gospel sometimes into something that is boring and watered down and unoriginal and i think the gospel gets obscured um, because if we're describing the gospel of christ or if you think of the gospel (laughs) uh, for like the gospel jesus brought and what it means to be lived out in the earth words like cheesy and banal and unoriginal and boring and watered down those things shouldn't come to mind, you know, when you're thinking about the gospel of Christ. And yet, in many ways, I I think that that's what I hear uh, from people in the outside world especially. It seems like Christians sometimes give it a pass, but people who aren't Christians often listen to it, and they'll use those exact words about it, which is why it it seems so unappealing in some ways. Um, And I think, you know, another source of of this problem as we're having this conversation is maybe when, like, certain formats – they box themselves in, like you just said, so well. There's a box that they fit into. Let's let's just pick on this one for a second, like positive and encouraging, like that. It, it, everything has to be only positive or only encouraging, or we can't use it. Um, and, and I guess that's okay on some level. But when you think of the gospel, Dave, and this, I'll, I'll just ask you this, and you can respond. When you think of the gospel, do you think of it as positive and encouraging, or do you think of it as something more? Right. I, I'm glad you put
1: it that way because it is positive and encouraging, of course, but it is also something so much more. And um, you know, and I, I just, I think that, I think that one of the things that is concerning, uh, and why I kind of even brought up the whole kind of corrupt aspect of it is that is that the, the the goal of christian music nowadays is is sales you know that that is really the end goal um and and i don't necessarily fault any business for having the goal of having a lot of sales i don't if, if you're a christian plumber I would want you to have a lot of business as a plumber, right? Right. Like I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying just by definition, but however, we have linked ministry in with Christian music. So, you know, like, like the, the pledge drives that I'm hearing, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, they're, they're using the language of, you know, this, this is the spreading of the gospel. This is the, the, the presentation of ministry. We are changing lives. And if you're gonna take that approach, then you have to then you have to pick music that does reflect the gospel and its wholeness and not just um and not just the only the the songs that are have a certain sound or only the songs that are upbeat or only the songs that are in a major chord or only the songs that um are safe for the whole family and don't and don't you know. Got to be careful not to not to you know make anybody feel a little bit uncomfortable, um, and so it's it's created a very yeah a, a, a very white walled um, presentation of quote ministry, um, which which just the whole thing is kind of feels a little bit off. I think you're right that as Christians we do often give. Christian radio a past because Jesus is a part of it uh, because um, it's it's almost like a bumper sticker theology. though so. and uh, uh, But I do think that there's a growing number of Christians, I would put myself in that camp, who are becoming more and more uncomfortable with only that level of ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something deeper. I'm looking for something richer. And Christian radio seems to be going the other direction. Not only just musically, but in messaging, messages of the song, the themes are getting narrower and narrower and narrower because they're realizing only a certain, only a certain type of theme sells. Mm. Um, And that's, that's unfortunate, but, but the record labels, not the radio stations are the ones really picking the music. Mm. They're the ones saying, here is the single that gets released to radio and then radio chooses whether they play it or not well it doesn't have to be that way radio is just giving themselves over to that to their thumb to say okay we'll play the music that you pick out as a single for your artist but but it's it's all under the, the banner of making a profit so um so does the gospel get um a little bit watered down or a little bit this get a little muddled when you start talking about what can sell the most, what what's going to be the most palatable, what's going to be the the one that's going to make people spend money on uh, on a song or an album or an artist? Yes, of course, um, it gets it gets muddled. So um, so unfortunately, you know that is just business as usual when it comes to Christian radio.
0: Right. Well, and you said something a, a few minutes ago when you were talking about, you know, if if a person was a Christian plumber, you know, I'd want them to have business and things like that. Uh and and I think about the category of musician versus the category of Christian musician. And it's interesting how we have developed a completely other category for music. Um, now there's people like me who, you know, I'm, I'm a minister. I work in a church and music. I write, I tend to write music, hopefully that can serve the church and worship in some way. So I, I realize yeah. that I write from a different standpoint than a lot of people. But when I think of a, a writer, like I don't personally listen to a ton of like Christian music uh, other than things like what I hear on on your show because I'm much more interested in Christians who make really good art and who are an example for like making art. So when we talk about a plumber, plumbers have lots of different tools and they have lots of different things that they have to work on and lots of different things they come up against. And I think artists too uh, sort of write out of... Where they have to write from in a lot of ways, and uh, it's almost contrary to an artist's heart to even box themselves in. Um, for me, I feel like I'm the most free when I'm writing for the church, and I feel like for whatever reason, my calling is to write in that way. But there are times when i when I write other things too, because I don't feel like at all the time my heart needs to be uh, boxed in in that way, and sometimes I think some of the most well written most creative, uh, most inspiring, most touching uh, music is music that is often made by believers, sometimes by unbelievers too. Um, but it comes from a place of of a real deep searching and a real deep longing. And it would be, you know, it'd be a mistake, I think. Uh, what, this is this is one thing that I'm going to talk about is maybe what a, a source of a problem might be. There is almost this idea that if it's if it's a Christian that's making it, it should be, for one thing, overtly Christian to the point of almost it has to invoke the Trinity in every, you know, in one verse or something like that. But also the idea that it has to be cutting edge, you know, like it has to be the latest thing and the biggest and, and you know, whatever new technology is out there. And that's fine on some level, but I also think... There should be room for the ancient as well. And if you're a person who your art is best uh, by doing something that is not necessarily the most cutting edge thing around, I think of somebody like, let's just use an easy example, somebody like Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's been making music for a long time. He's been writing lots of different songs. But most of it, when it comes down to it, he's not using anything really technically innovative in his writing. He's got a guitar or a piano and he's writing lyrics, you know? Um, how weird would it be if Bob Dylan was told your next album, uh, we want you to do art, but this has to be like house techno music, you know? <laughs> so make yeah. sure, make sure every song is that. And I think there's a night, there's a, something to that. If, if, if we didn't allow him or other artists like him to have their expression, we also wouldn't have gotten the great art that they've given us over the years because it's just too boxed in. And for that reason, so often we don't get to hear some really incredible art, which. Maybe sometimes it is just, you know, a guy or a girl with a very simple acoustic guitar arrangement of something, but with just lyrics and a melody that just knocks your socks off. But maybe we're not going to hear that because it doesn't have, you know, big synthesizers and it doesn't have a verse chorus, verse chorus, here's the huge bridge build-up and here's that second chorus and then back to the first chorus, you know, <laughs> type thing that we so often yeah. get. Um, I think that there's room
1: for all of that music in and, and the landscape of, of, you know, especially Christian faith-based music. I think, I think that there's room for all of that, and, including the big mega anthems that mm-hmm. we hear so often. Um, there's room for all of that. It's all needed, I think, in the landscape, including the house techno songs and the rap songs and the hard rock songs and the the guy and the girl with an acoustic guitar on stage. All of it, I think, is important to the landscape of faith because those are legitimate artists that God is using. He he, you know, created them with a uh, to to express a gift um, and 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 the sizes of audience might be different but but all that music is important and mm-hmm. I I think one of the one of the things I struggle with in the term in, in the, specifically the radio world is just that most when they listen to a Christian radio station they that's all they know of when what when, when that's that, that's what they think the entirety of Christian music is sure and so they don't know that there's a world of different genres and and different styles and, um, and even sometimes maybe even more vulnerable or more honest songs being written than what they hear on the radio. And I, so, so it's, it's really kind of why I do what I do Mm -hmm. is because there needs to be a light shown on those other, you know, other types of music. Um, And, and that, and I think that, um, if I was to kind of, you know, if I was to send a message to Christian radio, it'd be, if you were, if if you were doing your job in, in sharing the wide scope of faith-based music that's out there, even, even just slightly more than what you're doing, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have to do this job. Like, like you would be, you know, presenting a cornucopia of, great art that, that that can be enjoyed and processed and engaged with yet because that d- isn't happening I feel like my work is necessary-hmm
0: well let's talk about that a little bit because I know that UTR media uh, is is helping and and doing its part in in the best way that you can to reform Christian music in many ways and you've you've offered a place for us to hear so many different varieties of music from so many talented artists over the years. And you've actually created not only a place to hear music, but I think you've created a community. I can't tell you the number of friends I've made uh, just through under the radar and then now UTR media, uh, people that may hear you on my podcast or me on yours or uh, come to a concert and then we become friends and things over social media. And there really is a community aspect to UTR media. Uh, so I want to as we as we start wrapping up our conversation today a little bit, I'd love to talk about how UTR is doing their part to reform christian music and what's the best way that what, what do you feel like we should do to kind of dive into that conversation yeah um you know it the,
1: the the beautiful thing is that is that music exist you know music is a is a wonderful tool um and and it's actually it's actually one of the oldest mediums out there you know the um Facebook and the internet and TV and, and even radio did not exist, um, in the Bible, but yet God was speaking through music in the Bible and, and music will continue on whether, you know, no matter what other technologies develop. Um, I think music has, has always been a matter of the hearts and, uh, and will always be, um, something that will be a gift to, from the artist to the receiver. Um, and so I think I think one of the ways that we are trying to reform Christian music would be just to just to redefine Christian music mm. um, because I think that I think that uh, even myself growing up listening to you know the, the music heard on the radio um, you you know if somebody asks me the question you know what um, uh, what is Christian music um, at different points in my life, I'd have very different answers. And and in, and in, in some ways, you know, it, it, it's based on the lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have someone like Lionel Richie write a song that has the word Jesus in it. And does that become a Christian song now? Because, like, you know, I don't necessarily know his faith position, but I, I I've never heard him in an interview, you know, uh share that he has a faith in christ um so so you know it's sort of like where how do we define it? where do you draw the line and and um I think I uh, actually <laughs> I actually c- came about thinking about this uh for <laughs> in a unique way um while I was working at uh, reframe media, um we were interviewing. For a position of uh, like a blog editor, mm-hmm. and uh, the boss in charge uh, basically said uh, after one of the interviews, he kind of was giving the staff an update on how things went, and um, and he said uh, he said I'm interested to know um, what do you think is the best Christian movie ever made, and. Um, and the person who was being interviewed, and I, my ears really perked up. I was like, "Oh, I wonder what he's getting at here." Hmm. And uh, the 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 person who was being interviewed for the job was just stumbling and stammering and trying to figure out uh, how do I answer this? Like, you know, uh, you know, is chariots a fire Christian? I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, he he started to give some sort of answer, and and the boss just chimed in and said. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'll let you off the hook. The right answer is there is no such thing as Christian movies.
0: Right. Mm. There's
1: only movies made from a Christian worldview. Hmm. Um, meaning, um, if you are a Christian filmmaker and you're presenting arts from your perspective, then it's flowing through... A Christian worldview, whether the end product is an action movie or a drama or, or maybe even, a, a schmaltzy church movie, um, it doesn't matter. It, it, what matters is the, the, the worldview that's presented through the art. Hmm. And so, and so from the very beginning of, of under the radar, that's the perspective that I took, um, when it came to playing Christian music that way, I wasn't defining it by the lyrics. I wasn't, I wasn't um, going to only play songs that mention God or only play songs that mention Jesus or, or define it by a sound. I was going to define it by a worldview. So to me, Christian music is music made by Christians. Right. Simply put. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that might mean that some of that music is expressing doubts and fears and talking about their struggles in a marriage and talking about raising kids and and, and maybe even just nature or the beauty of going on a hike. And it may not, may not mention God or Jesus in it at all, but these are all people of faith processing their lives through art, through music. And to me, that is what Christian music is. So I think if you know i I don't know um if that has been helpful to people or not but but I think that i I really want wanted to be intentional about opening up people's eyes and ears and hearts to what what faith inspired music really is, sure and um and, and sort of broaden that term. So, so that's that's kind of the approach that we've taken over the years.
0: Well, and I, what I like to to think of it as too, and I think this is what you're doing with UTR Media. I I really feel like this is maybe a good analogy and maybe a nice word picture for us. Um, it's there's a big enough place uh, for more than just just one thing, as you've already said before. And if you think about like what we eat as human beings. Um, if we only ate candy we're not going to be very healthy and whole people matter of fact we'll we'll probably die in early age if candy's the only thing <laughs> that we eat all the time uh, because the sugar will just get to us um, and yet at the same time there's like if you look at a buffet and you see all the offerings that's there I mean there may be a salad and there might be green beans and there might be pork and there might be chicken and there might be pizza and there might be you know brussels sprouts and you know ice cream and i mean it might be just you name it they have it there and there is a place for all these things and at some point it seems that any of those foods are appropriate and sometimes they're they're nourishing sometimes you need the candy because hey you know what you just want a piece of candy every now and then it it tastes good it's fun but but if that's all you live on or if or if all you live on is salad, you know, you may find yourself to be a person who needs a little sweetness in your life too. And I think about yeah. the depth of scripture and all of the emotions and all of the human scenarios that happen just in the Bible alone, let alone church history as we've had it in world history. And I feel like what you are offering with UTR Media is you are showing that hey, there's something so much bigger than just what we're seeing. Um, just as if we were to say, you know, there are other films out there than just the Christian ones, you know, that we, we dub Christians with the, the finger parentheses, so to speak. Um, and, and there's other music out there and there's a much bigger buffet and there's much more to choose from than you ever imagined that there could be. And it actually is music that can help you be much more whole as a person because you're not just hitting on one thing and i I feel like that's what you're doing i I look over again at the shows that you're offering on utr let let alone the videos that you're putting out, which are great um, but just even the podcasts alone and and something like green room door um, where where you're actually sitting down and and letting an artist express themselves and sort of hearing their side of the story and i loved uh I loved hearing um, the uh, interview with Eric Peters. You know, on on uh, I, I believe that was the one. Am I correct? It was Green Room Door? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep, I thought it right. was. And when he just sat and started telling the story about the song, Nobody, which I hadn't heard his story about it before I'd heard the song, but just the idea of an empathetic Judas song, you know, uh, something yeah. like that is like, <laughs> like wow, what, we're, you're not going to necessarily get that on, on Top 40 Christian Radio. Somebody that's going to be thinking that deeply and that introspectively about it. Um, Or good patron, the idea that you're introducing, uh, not only introducing really amazing artists through that show, but you're actually doing something very wonderful and, you know, trying to help the community support these artists in their endeavors and in making their art. And your Gourmet Music podcast, I mean, it's just, you never know what you're going to get when you listen to that one. And that yeah. really is sort of a smorgasbord type idea with music. And I love it because I, I'm always guaranteed I'm going to hear something I haven't heard before. And that's that's really yeah. refreshing to me. Um, and then, you know, your your release date, which is a whole other NPR style program. I'm looking forward to side note. So for whatever it's worth, for my money, you feel like that sort of holistic kind of healthy, big table where it's all available for us to come together and and go like whoa I didn't even know this was here I've never tried this before I can't wait to taste this and sometimes sometimes you go this is the greatest thing I've ever had and sometimes you go I never want to eat that again but you but you have it all there (laughs) you know to try it out yeah so um
1: yeah I mean not not to necessarily like play on the food analogy to to overdo it but but I kind of like to think of it Maybe uh, if you take your buffet idea mm-hmm. and think of it more as like like a block in your town,
0: sure.
1: Um, and 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 so you know you have like you have your chain restaurants and you have your fast food restaurants and you have your you know your pizza places and your dives and your your maybe your fancy restaurant you know um, your your local the, the local favorite spot you know that kind of thing you have like a wide gamut of what's available. And, and so, you know, I, I think that, I think that oftentimes for convenience sake or just for lack of even, even the effort to want to even having the energy to try something new, what do we do? We, we, we go through the place that has a drive through, right? Mm-hmm. We go, we go to the place that's the cheapest. Th- those are sort of like, the natural inclinations for us Mm -hmm. and and i think that i i actually i just want to make it clear to the listeners that i think those places are valuable i don't want a world without mcdonald's i don't want a world without you know wendy's i want those places to exist because I'm going to, I need to pull through at certain times and (laughs) just get a quick bite. But I also, I also want to know that there's, you know, down the block in our street, that there's a, a gourmet food truck Mm. that, that we can, we can go to. And guess what? You might have to stand a little bit longer in line for it. And it might actually cost you a little bit more money. And you might have to wait a few extra minutes as they prepare it because they're making it fresh. But, but at the end it's all worth it because of the intentionality and the deliciousness. And, 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 you know, there's, there's, you, you get something a, a more rewarding experience out of that. And to me, that's, that's what I want to present is it's not to say that I don't want, you know, I don't want if folks, if folks are, you know, love the music of casting crowns and mercy me and Matthew West and, and and all sort of the biggest names in Christian music, that's great. So like, I don't want to take that away from anybody. Um, you know, it's sometimes fun to kind of poke at Christian music in general. But if that's where you are nourished and that's all that you need, that's totally great. But I know that for myself, and there are probably a lot of your listeners who do want Something richer, a richer experience, and 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 you have to be willing to kind of seek it out and be willing to say, well, we have to forego the convenience of the drive-through. We have to like actually kind of seek this out and subscribe to this thing on our phone and and go through a few extra steps to click click and make it play. It's not just going to be right on the radio, mm-hmm. and uh, but but hopefully the experience of, is is rewarding at the end of the day where they go, Oh, that nourished me way more than I could have. If I only listened to the FM dial, that's my hope. And, 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 you know, that, that there are people out there that need that something more Mm -hmm. and we can hopefully focus and and support and provide a platform for, for a a bigger array of uh, like, like we say, a more gourmet
0: music way of uh,
1: experiencing you know, arts uh, from a
0: faith perspective. Yes, I think you said it very well. That was great, and and now we've exhausted the food analogies, so we can't go back to that anymore. But
1: <laughs> but yep.
0: man, that was that was good, and I I love the way that you put that on there. Well, Dave, I am really loving, and I have to say that I admire you from the perspective not only that you take such great um, care with uh, what you put out. Each week, uh, but I really admire you in the way that I have seen you walk and take steps of faith with God, uh, stepping out to do scary and big things and things where you didn't even know uh, if you'd be able to keep doing it. And I, I've kind of watched you from afar, and and at times I, I get to be near you whenever I visit Chicago. And I I just want to thank you for your obedience and your example in stepping out and do things like this. Because, um, you know, speaking of of what you do, and it takes time to do something gourmet. And it takes time to do the kind of thing that you're doing. And there may not even be um, all the rewards in the world for it. And and maybe not even things that you'd like to see at once. Uh, But I can tell you as one who is from afar and who is watching what you're doing, Um, it's blessing my life and it's helping me as I continue hopefully to step out on faith and go where God is leading me. Um, I just, I, I, you're my hero in many ways. And I think that many of us who have been listening to UTR and uh, have, have been kind of walking with you over the years. I think you've been an example for us and I want to thank you for that.
1: Wow, man. Thank you. That's so kind. I I can't live up to that. So um, I'm, (laughs) i'm I'm just I really am honored that I get to I'm honored that that God in his just vast grace and love for us allows us to serve him in ways that that we're passionate that we love. Mm. Um, we don't have a god that that forces us to serve him like a slave and and serve him in ways that that we feel. a a great burden and a a great heart and great heartache, but we can serve him with obedience and passion and joy and love. And, and, and so I count it a privilege every day, every single day I wake up and I don't feel like I'm going to work that day because uh, it's such a joy to be able to do what I do. So, um, and I just, I, I think that God has just been gracious to me to allow me to, continue this work and, and, and I'll keep trekking along. Um, it's still an uphill battle. I mean, we're, we're definitely a, a startup nonprofit. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it, we're, we're living hand to mouth, but, but so are, you know, the artists that we love and support as well. And, um, and, and, and I think that, like you said, the beautiful thing is, is it's a, it's an us effort. It's a community thing that, um, everyone, who, who has been supportive of UTR Media and, and kind of this journey, and, and you're one of those people, you know, there's been a team, a team effort, and, and we can all sort of celebrate. We can all sort of see what God has done, and we can all um, kind of take some ownership in it. It's not just me by myself. So uh, so there's there's just a lot of beauty and joy to celebrate um, that God
0: can, can allow
1: us to serve him in that way.
0: Yeah. That I I I think that's a, a wonderful way to to start wrapping up this conversation today. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that we should talk about before we sign off here today?
1: Yeah, you know I not not really too much. I, I I'll just I'll just sort of reemphasize one thing that I think is is really important and um, you know because I uh, I I definitely just want listeners to understand that music is the one of the most beautiful gifts that's been given to us. Um, as, as Martin Luther said, <laughs> speaking of the reformation, uh, music calms the agitations of the soul. Hmm. And, uh, it's one of the most precious gifts given to us by God. Um, and, uh, as we kind of celebrate reformation day, um you know i think that that music um is something that uh should be embraced as part of our spiritual life and can can powerfully speak into our lives and, and help help uh be one of those tools that god uses to draw us to himself and to help us in our journey and in our walk and and so you know to me the most important thing is ministry is is you know wh- how are you experiencing the music that you're listening to, and and you know I I grew up at a time there was a time in my life when the music I heard on the radio was really all I needed, and um and that's and you might be in that place as a listener you you enjoy what you hear that's great the most important thing is that your soul is being nourished where it's at, however if your in a position where it's like, I am not being soul nourished. Like I want to be through the things I'm listening to then, then explore, explore what else is out there. Listen to Rick's music. You can listen to, you know, the podcast that we do that, that will help introduce you to new artists and new music. Um, cause to, to me, really the most important thing is that your, um, your soul connection to music is, is strong and is growing and is vibrant. And at one time in my life, I felt like I had lost that. And that's really what helped me discover that there's this world of music um, beneath the surface that I didn't know about. So, um, so I just want to encourage your listeners uh, to just, you know, keep allowing the music faith music that's out there, not to be a discouragement or to, it's easy to uh, to get angry about hearing the same song 17 times in a day or whatever, but there is just so much more out there. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be forced to listen to just that. So go where your soul is nourished. Maybe, maybe you've just been going to the drive-thru too many times and you need to hop over to the food truck and try something new. Or as you said, go try something else in the buffet line so Mm -hmm. i think that that's that's um uh i just hope that your your listeners just uh realize that our our goal is not to just bash you know the artists or the radio stations that are out there but but to really just kind of offer that there is something more to be discovered
0: right well, and as as we close out this thought and we have the Reformation in mind, it occurs to me that when uh, Martin Luther nailed his theses to the door uh, at Wittenberg Chapel, uh, and at that time, you know, it wouldn't have really made that big of an impact on the world, except there was this thing that had been created called the printing press, and it was a yeah. new medium at that time. And it wasn't like Martin Luther was saying things that hadn't been said before, but now there was a way. To get the message out there and there was a way to get it out and and Martin Luther never wanted the church to have this huge split that it had as a matter of fact he wanted to reform it and I think in many ways this conversation today is um, I've loved the gracious way that you have stated in a sense if we're if we're nailing something to the door (laughs) and trying to get the word out about something it's not because we want to necessarily destroy or have anyone break off from each other if anything We want the community to come together and figure out how to fix this together. And so I I hope that that's been the spirit of what we've talked to today. And if we can look back over, you know, 500 years since the Reformation, if it's taught us anything, I think it's taught us that we're best when we come together rather than when we split apart. And so so Dave Trout, I want to thank you again for what you do. And thank you so much for being one of the voices in my head this week. Thanks a lot, Rick. Appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com, follow me on Twitter at RickleyJames, like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash and keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P.A.R.E. Booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace,